Episode 248, Starting Strong. Hi, I'm Dr. Greg Goins from the Reimagined Schools podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Empowering Educators podcast. I am Gretchen, your host and expert lesson learner. I'm a national board certified elementary teacher turned teacher, trainer, and coach. All the lessons I've learned and am learning on my edgy journey, I share with you right here. From every silly mistake to the most glorious successes, you're going to hear stories and strategies that will inspire you to become your best. I have to warn you, as an educator, I can't help but hold you accountable for doing the work. So every episode, I leave you with practical, tangible next steps so you can implement your learning and maximize your impact. Whether you're teaching a lesson or learning one yourself, there's always a lesson if you're willing to pay close attention. Elite educators, that's the secret to staying empowered. Bring on today's lesson. Hey, Elite Educators, it's Gretchen here from Always a Lesson. I am your host of the Empowering Educators podcast. I focus on ensuring you stay empowered. I want you to hone your craft, not just today, this week, this year, today, tomorrow, and always. I want you to continue to grow and continue to be elite. We are just losing too many great teachers and teacher leaders to other professions and I hope and pray that this podcast is one thing that helps you feel supported, makes you feel excited to continue to learn and grow, and makes you feel like you are competent to do the work that's necessary. I'm excited to be in your ear today. We are going to be talking about starting the year off strong, and it's okay if you've already started the year. I'll explain why in a minute. So if you're a teacher leader, this episode is especially for you because we are going to be focusing on supporting others to become successful faster and longer. So let's start by saying happy September. Fall is on the way. We have spent a lot more time outside with the better temperatures. School has started and all the routines are firming up uh, professionally and personally. Everyone's kind of fine in their flow. So I wanted to know, how are you adjusting? How are you feeling with the start of the year? We were just on a clubhouse chat last night talking about how to create consistencies in an inconsistent year. I hope you were in the room for that. And if not, every Sunday at 8 Eastern, we are on there talking all things coaching. So please join us. But I think one thing that we all felt really great about is being able to control what we can control. And we're going to dive into that a little bit. So I, I think it's important to always share with you where all these crazy ideas come from for the podcast. Over 200 of them. <laughs> uh, they all end up in my phone at random points and I pull from them whenever it's the most appropriate time. And I just had this three-part coaching system sitting there. And I'm like, when is the right time to talk about this? And I just kept holding it and holding it. And I was looking at my podcast content calendar. Yes, I am definitely a teacher at heart in terms of backwards planning, getting my game plan for the semester, the quarter, the year. And I knew in September, I wanted to address starting strong because one of the fallbacks of a lot of 
coaching support is that there's just no game plan. No one knows what they're doing. And so September goes by October, we start doing some sort of coaching cycles and, you know, beginning of the year, like a lot of required PD, it's not necessarily what all the teachers need uh, in the moment that kind of comes later. And so it's not until, you know, winter and it's like, Oh, we're finally like really doing the work that matters. And we just wasted all that time. Why? And for what? So I thought starting strong is a great content, but I thought I could also melt the ideas together with the three-part coaching system because it makes sense in order to start strong. You got to know this game plan. So it might sound again, weird. Like, why are we talking about starting strong? We've already started school, but leadership game plans happen after back to school season because we're all rolling up our sleeves, doing whatever is necessary to just get the school year off (laughs) to a great start. I mean, at bus duty and doing textbook counts (laughs) and finding or assigning students to different classes. And it's just mayhem. And so the leadership and the game plan of mentorship and coaching kind of starts a little later there. That school year starts, you know, kind of the end of September. So that means we're right on time. No big deal. So what do I mean by starting strong? That means we are going to hit the ground running. We are going to have a very clear plan of action. It's going to be a thorough plan. That means that there's a lot of clear details, especially around stakeholder roles. There are tons of people at school who can help teachers learn and grow in different ways. Everyone's got a strength. Everyone has a different role. Some uh, happen more often. Some are just quick touch points. Either way, it's important to acknowledge who all can participate, what their strength is, and how you can utilize them to help teachers. But before we go into that, why is it important that you have a strong start? Without it, we know we waste a lot of time. And why why is that a big deal? So the schools that are really effective, it's because they have a game plan, not just for the teacher support and development piece, but for everything. And how do they do that? They have an aligned mission. And this is something that you might feel like I don't have a lot of control over. You actually do. And you can sit with your admin team and say, I've got this great idea. Here's what I'm thinking. And without calling it, we don't have an aligned mission. You know, you can create one and it'll be just fine. So an aligned mission means everything that you're doing is aligned. It's connecting just like a great lesson plan. Your your objective matches what you're assessing at the end of the lesson and all the activities in between all have to do with the objective. They're not cool, random things you thought you would just slide in there. Same thing when you're developing a coaching plan. You know your goals for the year. If you don't know those yet, sit with your admin team and say, what do we want to achieve this year? What can my role be utilized best for? How can I help us achieve the goal? Then that lets you know, okay, that is the fruit of which everything else flows. That's my objective. I know everything I do has to match that. You also have to look at curriculum initiatives. What are things you're being you're implementing this year? Is it a new ELA program? You know, science of reading is huge right now. So a lot of shifts in that, or maybe your math curriculum or whatever you happen to teach, whether it's changing or not, you need to think about what are the initiatives around that In addition to, okay, what is my main goal? How do these things fit together? And then you come to, okay, what are the teacher support options? That means all the professional development you're going to design, all the coaching chats you're going to have in your cycles, all those things have to do with the curriculum and the goal for the year. If those things aren't aligned, then you're just haphazardly helping people, which you might feel good in the moment, but you actually never 
get momentum. You never go anywhere. It never adds up to anything. Teachers never get better. So your position's now at stake of not being renewed. And a principal might say, you're just actually not very effective in your role. And it's it's not that you're not effective. It's just you didn't have the game plan. And because you didn't have the game plan, you weren't able to start strong. So I want you to think of it as coins going into different buckets. If you don't have an aligned mission, you don't know what your goals are, you kind of know the initiatives that the district or school is asking of you, and you get to pick whatever the support options are. So you're just kind of going by the seat of your pants. You're now depositing coins in all these different buckets, and each bucket has like its own title. And because of that, you never fill up the bucket. You never, (laughs) these things never grow together. You never get the momentum necessary. They don't add up. But if you had one bucket and everything that went into the bucket all related to each other, it was all aligned, that bucket fills up so much faster, right? Then you get the momentum. Now you've started strong. Now everything's building on top of each other. Now teachers are really starting to catapult because every support that they are getting has to do with the same thing. It's not this over here and then a little bit of this and then, oh yeah, this random thing right here. And they're thinking, what am I doing with all this? You know, it's like, I got to organize all this knowledge, but it's so unrelated. I can't actually use it. All the effort is going in the same direction and you see improvement quicker. That's what we need an aligned mission for. It's okay if you don't have one. You now know you need to think about what is your goal for the year? What curriculum initiatives do you have? And then what are the support options you're going to provide to help teachers develop in those areas? Hey, y'all, popping in here real quick to remind you, if you are loving the podcast, hop on over to iTunes to leave a star rating and type in a few words for the review. This helps other educators find the show so they, too, can be empowered. Lots of love and thanks. Now back to the show. And so it's a perfect segue to talk about how we actually going to do this. So here's the ideal scenario. And then I'm going to tell you probably the reality that we're living in. (laughs) So ideal scenarios at the end of the previous year and during summer, you're reflecting on what went well, what did not go well in terms of the teacher development piece. You would review any feedback you got from teachers at the end of the year, how they felt supported, what professional development sessions they truly enjoyed, what about the coaching cycle they're excited about or felt really frustrated with, what additional support options do they want on your coaching menu that you really didn't offer this year, that kind of stuff. That helps you design your plan. So you've done your own reflection, but then you've got the reflection of the people you actually support, and now you can design your plan. Once it's designed, you meet with the admin team and share. This is the work I've been doing in researching to find how I can streamline this all together. Here's what I'm thinking. Here's the document. Let's go over it, get their blessing, get their signature that kind of finalized and firms that up. And then you're going to create the runway. Like, how are we going to implement this? I know you've got your game plan. What does this actually look like? What's the course of action? Maybe you map it out each month. This is how we're intervening. These are the different topics. This is how they all go together. Then all the people at the table, you're assigning them different roles. How are you? What is your role during this time, this month, this meeting, um, this event? How can you help lead us toward our number one goal? And then just pull the cord. Then you just implement this plan. But I know we don't have a lot of time. And some of you might be like, well, school year's already started. I didn't have time to reflect. I didn't get feedback from teachers because I didn't ask them. I haven't met with 
my admin team and I certainly haven't designed anything. So what do I do? (laughs) And that's okay. You can still reflect and you can still design your game plan, even though, I mean, it's better late than never. So just do what you can with what you got. Then go, maybe you don't have the whole team. Maybe it's just the principal say, here's what I'm thinking I could do. This is you know, the, the goal that I have for myself in my role, here are the initiatives I know we're trying to accomplish as a school. And here are the different options I'm going to give to support teachers. And I've made sure that they all aligned so that we truly get the most bang for a buck. Hopefully they approve it and then boom, implement. So that's kind of the reality, faster paced way to go about it. Remember, it's not about the amount of time that you're spending developing this game plan. It's really about the quality of the plan. So it's not that you need months to do this. It's you can still have a really amazing game plan and you could do it tonight if you needed to. Um, so speaking of to do, this is what I want you to do. I want you to spend some time reflecting on what went well, what didn't go well, what stands out to you, what trends did you see among teachers What complaints did you hear most often from teachers in terms of like student behavior or academics? Are there any uh, parent feedback that stands out to you, something that they might have said they appreciated, something they wish there was more of? Uh, So just do a, a brain dump of that. Just quick reflections on last year. If this is your first year in the role, you're starting fresh. No big deal. Move on to step two, which is then designing your game plan. And I'll tell you how to do that in a minute. Then you go get your approval and implement. So it's quick, reflect, design, approve, go. (laughs) Okay. That's part one of this podcast. Now I want to spend the other part talking about how we actually design one. So I'm going to share with you this three-part coaching system. And the reason I call it a three-part is it's everything's related, but if you don't have the first thing, you can't really get the second thing and then certainly can't get the third thing. So when we talk about the growth and development of teachers, we really focus on three areas. How do we build their knowledge of what the actual what they're teaching, that content piece? Once they've got the content, how do we coach their skill level? That's what we call capacity. That's all the instructional techniques and strategies you read about in books and such. And then lastly is confidence. And you might think that's strange that that comes last, but it isn't until we mesh together the knowledge and the skill that they start feeling like, oh, I got this. And that takes a lot of time. So you are going to focus first on the knowledge piece. And there's a whole point to this sequence. You've heard me talk about it before, the get it, do it gap. Teachers are going to understand what they're supposed to do, but you don't see it in their lessons. And you're frustrated thinking, we just talked about this. Why aren't you implementing the feedback or why aren't you doing the initiative correctly? Like what, where's the breakdown happening? And it's because they can cognitively understand it, but they can't translate it to their muscles to do it. They might actually think they're doing it, but they're not doing it well, or they might just not know what it looks like with their kids and their subject area. So there needs to be some support in between taking it from the brain to the muscles. What, how can I implement this? And so when you're going to start first with knowledge, that means this is all your professional development sessions. These are your personal, um, these are your PLCs when you're doing your group planning with grade level teams and subject areas, and then in your coaching cycles. And so when you're building up teacher knowledge, you are going to reference that mission again, the mission, the goal of the year, the initiatives, all the different support options. And you're going to ask yourself, where are the gaps as a whole staff? 
And where are the gaps for individual teachers? It would be really helpful if you had a roster of all the teacher names you support, and then next to them you can write where you know that they have some gap in their knowledge. You're going to do knowledge first. So where are they Where are they weak? What are they missing? And again, if you're new, you might not have this information, so you might have to rely on the person that was there before you or sit with your administrator and really figure out what gaps do we have to fill. Um, or there might just be something brand new that you have to address that it's not a gap. It's just hasn't ever been there before. Then you can move on to skill. Okay. How do we build up teacher capacity? That's going to take time because you'll have to go into classrooms and gather the evidence little by little um, while you're working on the knowledge gaps. And you'll be able, able through these observations to really see where are the gaps in the skill. Um, and that'll help you create a game plan. And I'll tell you that in a minute. And then you move on to confidence later. This takes a long time, so I'm not going to be shocked if it's like spring and you're like, okay, we are just now (laughs) trying to do this. Uh, But some teachers get it really quickly and they're going to be there in no time. But this would be helpful to have some sort of baseline survey from your teachers of how confident they feel about their subject area and the skill, the instructional techniques, a great self-assessment. You can even tell them, I'm not going to look at it, but I want you to complete it and I want you to put it away in a sealed envelope. We're going to revisit it later. That helps you get a baseline. And that's really important when you're trying to showcase the value of the work you do because now you have a starting piece of data and then you can have them fill out the exact same questions after they've worked with you for a year and compare the changes. So you'll collect all that evidence while you're doing skill development and they can, even teachers themselves can start collecting different ways to showcase, okay, this is how my knowledge has gotten stronger. This is how my skill level has gotten stronger, whether it's pieces of evidence from a lesson plan or student work or whatever, they're going to hold on to these things so that when they have an evaluation with an administrator, they're able to show, my coach has been working on helping me develop my knowledge. Here's examples for that. That helps you rate higher on your performance rubric. My coach has also been helping me work on my skill level. These are all my instructional techniques. Here's evidence. Maybe it's video clips of you doing them or um, directions on an activity so they can see different things that you're trying All of that is great evidence. And so that helps build their confidence at the end that they truly have grown and they feel great being able to do this. And now they need a little less support from you. So in order to grow knowledge, capacity and confidence, this is what I want you to do. You're going to just do a major brain dump of all these ideas that you have for how to go about this, all the data points you have of who's struggling where and what all the gaps are. And then once you have all that on a piece of paper, you can actually categorize and group people or categorize and group specific knowledge or skills. And that's when you can prioritize, okay, what am I going to hit first? What's most essential, which you know is knowledge first. So who do I need to pull and what type of knowledge do I need to work on them with? Is there a small group of people I can knock it all out rather than going individually around? Um, And then once you've got, you've brain dumped, you've categorized things, you've prioritized those categories, then you can actually decide, okay, what is my game plan? What makes the most sense to do a PD session on? I can hit a lot more teachers that way. What makes more sense for me to just pop into a PLC meeting and do like a a mini PD session there for those people? And then what makes sense to have it during my coaching cycle debriefs? with teachers one-on-one. So you'll decide as you're dumping all these ideas down and looking at all the categories you're ha- you, categories you have and the different groups, and you now know what's essential and most important to hit first, 
you can then say, okay, I, I know how I need to show up and support, or I know what I need to add to my coaching menu to make sense and hit all these areas. And then that's your game plan of how to grow and develop teachers. But you can't create your game plan until you really know knowledge, skill, confidence, where are my teachers, what specific gaps do they have, and how can I create a support that will help them in those areas. Because you might just have a lot of the routine options for them to pair with you, like, hey, help me find some lesson materials. And you know that's really not going to help them in the knowledge or the skill level. And so you might have to take that off the coaching mini for a while and say, we got to do the work that matters, not just the work we've always done. I want to do a quick review here at the end because you're like, you've given me a lot of information. I know you've given me next steps. I'm already lost at what I'm supposed to do. So I'm going to do a quick review here. There are two, it's a two part uh, episode today. I want you to think about strong starts. And so that overview is that you're just doing a reflection, then you'll go into design, you'll get your approval, and then off to the races you go. Very simple overview. The part that I went into a little more detail about is the design piece. And so that's the four, the three part system of knowledge, skill, and confidence. And how do you figure that out? That's brain dumping, categorizing and grouping, prioritizing and developing your game plan. So that's the whole design process as part of the reflect, design, approve and go. And I think it might be helpful to put this in the show notes. So I will go ahead and do that so that you can reference back if you're driving or working out and you can't write it down, but you know when you want to come back and ensure you do this. I'll make sure I put those steps in there. All right, Elite Educators, that is a wrap for this week's podcast on starting strong with your teacher support plan, making sure you've designed an aligned, thorough plan. Now go ahead and be great because you've just been empowered.